you ever been so excited about something and then one thing happens after another and uh, that, that time that was so exciting all of a sudden is gone and depression and sadness kind of sink in a little bit and you kind of think to yourself, man, I was, just, I was just so excited and everything seemed to be going so well. What happened? I want to read to you a few passages, and the first one is in Matthew chapter 17, as I said. And we're going to read in Matthew chapter 17, looking at verses 1 through 4. Okay, so Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 through 4. I hope you're all there. It says, And after six days Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John his brother, and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias, talking with them. Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Look, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elias. Now Peter, James, and John are up on this high mountain, and all of a sudden Jesus appears with two of the greatest people that they could even think of, especially Moses. But right after that, for the Jews, was Elijah. They were like the two most important people. And isn't it so amazing that they were in the midst of their Messiah, and then these two great men stood there, and it was like, wow, what a place we are standing in. This is just so amazing. And Peter says, why don't we just stay here and make two, three tabernacles, one for Jesus, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And Jesus' face shines so much as the sun, it says that it was white like the light. You ever try to look at the sun? You can't really do it. If you, if you want to burn your you know, <laughs> retinas, you can do it for a little while, but you really don't want to stare at the sun. But they're so overwhelmed by this light. And Jesus is so bright like the light that there's no really distinction anymore. It's just all white. It's just so magnificent and glorious that there's nothing that you can make out of it anymore. That's how amazing Jesus was. It was just a glimpse of who God really was and with the naked human eye, you can't look at God. That's an amazing thing. Jesus' face shined like the sun and his raiment white like the light. He was shining so bright that you couldn't tell the difference between him and his raiment. And then Moses and Elijah show up. Now, Peter was so excited that he just wanted to stay there. Why wouldn't you want to just stay there? Why wouldn't you want to stay in that moment? I know that uh, uh, the church that we attend now, Mountain View, we do a big, big VBS. Like, it's awesome. And it's so much fun. And literally, you feel like you're on a mountain in the sense like this. When that week is going on, you're just like, it's so easy to do stuff for God. It's so easy because there's opportunities and you can pick up the bus kids and you can give them food and you can preach and teach and you can play games and you can do everything and it's all for God. And it's like, why don't we just do VBS all year? Well, that would drive some of us a little bit mad. But you get what I'm saying, right? You get to these mountaintops where you're just like, why ever come down? And that's what Peter was saying. 
And imagine seeing his, seeing face to face Moses and Elijah. Moses had been dead. Elijah has been, had been translated, carried up in a fiery chariot, never seen death. I get to see, Peter's like, I get to see these men. This is amazing. I don't want this experience to stop. This is such an amazing experience that let's just stay here forever. But you know that that's not the case, right? If we just have to keep reading the chapter, look at verse five. It says, while he yet spake, and they always had to do it while they yet spake because Peter didn't stop talking ever. So you just had to interrupt him while he was talking because he wasn't going to stop, right? He was like old faithful with his mouth. He's just not going to stop, okay? So while he's speaking... Behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Listen, Peter, let's just be a reminder. Even though you're excited, and even though you're on the mountaintop, you still have to make a very clear distinction. There will not be tabernacles made for Moses and Elijah. Ever. The tabernacle is for God, and you hear him. Sometimes we get so excited that we, we lose distinction sometimes. Like the bright light, you couldn't make it out, right? We get like that sometimes when we're doing ministry. We're just like, well, it's all good. Let's just, let's just do it. And, and, you know, whatever the outcome is, no, we still have to make sure our focus is all on Jesus and nothing else. They had, a cloud had to come down to, to make it a little bit more clear, right? Kind of weird that a cloud would make it clear, but... The cloud had to come down and make it clear and say, no, 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 you hear him. And tabernacles are only made for one. Only Jesus. Look at, uh, you know, and, and look at verse six. It says, and when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and they were sore afraid. And Jesus came and touched them and said, arise and be not afraid. And when he had lifted up their eyes, they saw no man save Jesus only. So the cloud comes down and God speaks and, and Jesus says, um, if we keep reading into, uh, into verse, uh, let's see, verse nine, it says, and they came down from the mountain. Jesus charged them saying, tell the vision to no man until the son of man be risen again from the dead. Can you imagine having this experience and not being able to tell anyone about it? Man, that just, it just blows my mind. And we don't really know exactly why Jesus said it just wasn't time to share that event with people. And, and, and that's a buzzkill, man. That's a killjoy. You're raining on our parade, Jesus. We had this great moment, you know, because we were on the mountaintop. But as you make that peak and you crest over the mountaintop, what happens? It goes down into the where? The valley. You can be sure that every time you're on a mountaintop, a valley is right around the corner. Man, we just had this great experience. And, and Jesus is telling us we can't tell people. And, and Peter's thinking I was reprimanded while I was up there. I was thinking too much in my head and instead of knowing the truth about Jesus and I had to be told, no, you only hear Jesus. That's it. That's what it's all about. So they have this experience and it's great and it's awesome. And then all of a sudden there's this valley 
Let's turn um, to another portion of Scripture in Exodus chapter 32 and Exodus chapter 34. Exodus chapter 32, and I want to read just the beginning of verse, um, excuse me, of verse 1. Exodus chapter 32 and verse 1, it says, And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from uh, of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, Up, make us gods that we shall go before them. You see, Moses was on this great mountaintop experience. And I'm telling you what, I would feel like Peter at this moment. I don't want to come down. This is the best thing ever. I'm away from the world. I'm only in the presence of God. God is sustaining me up here. I'm spending time with God. He's teaching me. I don't want to come down from the mountain. But all that teaching was for the purpose of going down, wasn't it? All that, everything that you learn from God is the purpose to go out into the world. It's not to stay on the mountaintop. As much as we want to be, if we gather all of our information every time we come into church and we hear messages and stuff and we only use it up here on the mountaintop, then what good is it? What good is it to know the whole Bible if we're not sharing it with others? Moses probably didn't want to come down from that experience. Moses was on the mountain with God, receiving the Ten Commandments. He was talking face to face with God. Did you think that Moses would want to come down? I think Moses was very happy to be with the Lord. Imagine standing face to face with the God of the universe, being able to have a conversation with him in his glory. That's an amazing event. It was an amazing event for the uh, Peter, James, and John. It was an amazing event for Moses. But guess what, Moses? It's time to go down. And let's look at um, what happened when he came down. Verse 2, it says, And Aaron said unto them, Break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives and of your sons and of your daughters, and bring them unto me. And all the people break off the golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them unto Aaron and he received them there at their hands and he fashioned it with graven tool after he had made a molten calf and they said, this be thy gods, O Israel, which brought us up out of the land of Egypt. And when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it and Aaron made proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast unto the Lord. Sometimes other people aren't getting the experience on the mountaintop. Sometimes they're down in the valley. And what's amazing to me is that while Moses is up on the mountaintop receiving all the law of God, they're down there breaking every single one. Adultery. Worshipping graven images, doing all kinds of evil things, lusting after one another, doing all that stuff. And it's like, I was just on the mountaintop. I was just 
there. Why, God? Why do I have to go through this? Why do I have to see this? Remember, Moses comes down and does what with the Ten Commandments? He throws them down and smashes them. And what does he do? He makes them drink his iniquity. He says, okay, melt it down again, and now you'll drink it. You'll drink the bitter cup of your sin. What an amazing thing that's going on. Moses is up on the mountaintop. I'm the closest I can be with God. And now it feels like, what in the world just happened? We were just having a great time with God. God brought us out of the land of Egypt, and now my own brother is telling them that this molten calf brought them out? My own brother, who threw down the rod, who started most of the first plagues against Egypt, my own brother is falling away. My own brother is leading the rebellion. What an amazing thing is going on here. God tells Moses to go down from the mountain because, the children, because of the children of Israel. Ever had an issue? Let's ask that personally. Have you ever had an issue in your life where it was your brother or your sister that was like, wow. I'm, not, I'm talking about you know, blood relatives, but also spiritual ones. It's like, wow, I can't believe that this is going on. I can't imagine how Moses had felt after all that time receiving things directly from God, having such a time on a mountain with God. Let's look at another mountaintop in, uh, in 1 Kings. First Kings chapter 18. You probably know where this is going. First Kings chapter 18, look at verse 19. It says, now therefore send and gather to me. This is, this is Elijah speaking. Now therefore send and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel and the prophets of Baal, 450 of the prophets and the, and the groves, 400 which eat at Jezebel's table. So he's gathering all these people together, right? He's going to show them this great thing. Get up on the mountain with me. I'm going to show you something that God's going to do. Look at verse 38. It says, Then the fire of the Lord fell down and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. Let's go back to verse... um, 36, it says, And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel and that I am the servant and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that these people may know that thou art the Lord God and thou hast turned their hearts back again. And the fire comes down and consumes everything. It's like a crater in the earth. What a mountaintop experience. What an experience to say, we, we just saw God do something great. And not only was he trying to destroy and teach the prophets of Baal, but he was trying to teach his own people. This is the God we serve, remember? This is the God that we serve. And what happens to Elijah, 
is a very sad thing. Look at just the next chapter. In, in verse, uh, chapter 19, verse 1, it says, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and, and withal how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sat, uh, sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I have not thy life as thy life of one of them by tomorrow, by this time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servants there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die and said, it is enough. Now, O Lord, take my life, for I am not better than my father's. This is the same man who we would see on the mount with Moses and Jesus much, 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 much later. But again, here we have, I mean, you just destroyed all the prophets of Baal and slaughtered all of them. You saw fire come down from heaven. You saw God destroy that and the altar and everything that was there. And now you're going down into the valley. And, and, and Elijah says, I'd rather die. You'd rather die? What just happened was that all those prophets of Baal, if they were smart enough, could have just turned on you and killed you. Or, or, or had this great battle anyway. Instead, they were so dumbfounded and, and wounded from all the cuts that they had had that he just said, kill them all. And they slaughtered all the prophets of Baal. We go through these mountaintop experiences and then right after there's a valley. And sometimes we're just, we're just human and we ask God, Why? Why, if everything was going so well, do we have to go through this? Well, we go throughout our lives and we have these wonderful, amazing, beautiful mountaintop experiences. We see people doing things for God. Remember when uh, Paul and Silas were witnessing to people and people were getting saved and, and people were changing and Lydia started a church and, and all these great things were happening and then all of a sudden... They change, they, they take the demon out of this one girl who was making profit for those men, remember? She was prophesying and it was giving them profit and they said she, they sent them in prison. Why? Everything was going so well. Why does that have to happen? We ask these questions. We see people going into the ministry and um, dedicating their lives to the Lord and we get excited and but then Satan comes along. Satan is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. You know, all the while that you're on the mountaintop, Satan is trying to get you off. He doesn't like when things are going good for you or the church or anything. And so we have to remember that as soon as we're on the mountaintop, and not that we're fearful, but when things are going good for God, we have to expect an attack. 
And that's a sad thing because, you know, we're excited and we like the position that we're in and we like serving the Lord. And you know what? It's the same thing as when you're witnessing. You know, it's very easy for myself or Pastor Schott or anybody else who's preaching up here to share the gospel in here. Because it's like a mountaintop. It's like, well, everybody wants to serve God here and everybody wants to hear it. And, and, and every time we share the gospel, everybody's saying amen and clapping and, and doing all those wonderful things. But when we get out there, it's not quite the same response, is it? It's kind of a valley out there. And we have to be prepared for those satanic attacks when, when Satan is trying to tell us that, listen, God's not here. Listen, what you have to say doesn't matter. Those people don't want to listen to you. Then we get discouraged and we get weary and, and depressed and we say, where is God? Sometimes we ask, where is God? Everything's going fine. And, some, and in some dire cases, some people are saying, Lord, just take my life. This valley is just too deep. I can't get out of this. You know, suicide rates are going up and up and up and up because people are in valleys and they don't know how to get out and the people who know what it's like to be on the true mountaintops of God aren't getting down in the valley and getting their hands dirty. You know, in the valley is where the rich soil is. That's where you grow. When you get up to the mountaintop, there's not much vegetation up there. It's kind of stony and, and not deep soil. You have to get down into the valley to keep growing. You have to get your hands dirty. You have to get uncomfortable. You have to, you have to get down in there in the dumps to bring someone else back up. And, and, and you know, you, you yourself start on the mountaintop, right, like this, and you go down into the valley and you get someone out of that valley and now two of you go to the mountaintop. And then you get another person and three of you go up to the mountaintop and you keep going like that throughout your whole life because it's about getting people out of the valley. But if we're not there doing the work and we're just so depressed and we're just thinking, oh my goodness, Satan is winning, you understand that Satan never wins. He can't ever win. Revelation is written. That's the stamp of divinity of God. He will never win. Don't let him make you think he's winning. Don't let him do that. Because it's very easy to get depressed. The trying of our faith, the Bible says, worketh what? Patience. But we need to let patience have her perfect work, right? The work that God is going to do in our life is done in the valley. It's down where the rich soil is. It's where we have to plant. I love mountaintops as much as the next person. I do. And when things are going great, I don't want them to stop. And I hope you don't either. But listen, Satan's right there. And he's going to attack us. So are we going to let him keep us in the valley and prevent us from another mountaintop? Are we just going to keep going lower and lower and lower and lower into the valley and let him think he's winning? 
Because the craziest thing about Satan is the thought that he think, the, the continually thinking that he can win the battle. But he really doesn't have a choice. He has to try. <laughs> he has to try. And so I know this was kind of a brief message and there's not very much to it. But I've just been thinking, you know, with, with, and I don't like to talk about COVID all the time, but with it, I mean, every body of believers that I've visited and been into, there's a lot of people just staying in the valley because before COVID was like this mountaintop, this feeling of, wow, everything's growing. The ministries are flourishing. We're doing great things for God. And then all of a sudden we got into the COVID valley and some of us aren't wanting to get out. And we, and we think Satan's winning. And we say, well, if not a lot of people are coming to church, why should I? Well, if it's going to be live streamed, then why go and be amongst people where I could catch the disease or something? You know, I know it's happened in these places, but I really do believe that if you're in the house of God, God's going to protect you from it. He wants you here. He doesn't want you anywhere else. He wants you with his people. I, I thought to myself, you know what? When this whole thing really kind of started and, and started getting way in March and was really like full throttle in April, you know, I heard a lot of my Christian brothers and sisters saying, we can't stop going to church. We're forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. We need to be in church. Where are those people now? Because now that the doors are open, they are forsaking their gathering of themselves together. Because we were on this mountaintop and we weren't prepared for the valley. We just thought everything's going good and so we're just going to keep it that way and Satan's just going to somehow leave us all alone. And he's not going to bother us anymore. Sorry, my laptop went out. I got to get this. I only have a few more points here, but and I'm going to grab a, a swig of water real quick. Um, Oh, it actually completely shut off. Anyway, so what I really want us to understand is that we have to be prepared for valleys. That's the bottom line. We have to know that Satan is not going to give up. Satan is hungry. Satan knows that time is short for him and for us. And if he can get some of these great men and women to fall, he can get others to fall too. You know, Aaron was supposed to be a great help to Moses. He was supposed to be watching over the people, kind of helping them out and staying encouraged and, and keeping their mind focused on God while Moses was getting more direction from him. And instead, it was like, well, where's Moses and, and where's God? We haven't seen him, and Moses is probably dead. He hasn't come down for 40 days. Just want to say these few things. We need to expect, again, I've said it a couple times, we need to expect Satan's attacks. What we do, now the question is, what do we do when he attacks? 
We need to be patient. We need to let patience have its perfect work. When Jesus was gone up to heaven in the clouds, he gave us one more commandment. What was it? To go and teach all nations. So when we're down in the valley, that's the best thing you can do is just keep serving God. Just keep talking about Jesus. Moses was commanded to keep leading the people. Hey, Moses, listen, you might be down in the valley right now, but guess what? I'm not just going to take you out of this situation and say, well, they all turned away, so let's just scratch this plan. He said, Moses, you're going to get the Ten Commandments again, and you're going to go down again, and you're going to keep going. Fight through your valley experiences because what's on the other side of that valley? Another mountain. That's how valleys are created. That's how valleys exist. They're in between high places. If you want to get from one mountaintop to another, you have to go down into the valley. You know what's great is that the Old Testament tells us that the faithful will grow like a tree in Lebanon. Have you ever seen the Lebanese flag? It's got a red stripe and a white stripe and a red stripe. And in the middle of the white stripe in the center is a cedar tree. They can't explain really how it is that these great big cedars grow because Lebanon is like all stone and dirt and nothing. And then there's these just trees that grow like very large. If you want to be on the mountaintop, make sure that you're being faithful to God. Remember, Peter was on the mountaintop and he lost focus. And while Moses was on the mountaintop, Aaron lost focus. Let's not lose focus anymore. Let's do our best to know that as much as God is alive and in our hearts, Satan is attacking us. He's going to. I love mountaintops, but we grow in the valleys. Let's bow our head, close our eyes. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this night, Lord. I just pray that you would help us to understand that those great experiences that we have, though they are great, Lord, help us to be prepared for the valleys. Help us not to sink so low, so much, so far from you and know that you never leave us nor forsake us, God. You're always protecting us and watching over us, Lord. Help us not to think that Satan is winning. Help us not to believe that somehow you're, you're going to lose the battle in, in some way or form. Yes, you can, we can walk away in our individual lives, but when it comes to the Bible and it comes to the Word of God and it comes to the end of the world and, and, all, and, and, and we're still here, we know we're winning. There's no way we're losing. It's not really even going to be a battle. It's going to be God massacre upon the earth. And God always wins. Lord, I pray that you would help us to stay focused on you, help us to grow even in our times of depression, even when there are killjoys in our life, even when people are raining on our parade. Help us to have the joy of the Lord singing and ringing in our hearts. Lord, I pray that you would dismiss us with your blessing tonight, and I'll have um, Eric come up and finish as he will. In Jesus' name, amen.